Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead at this hour, it's Jukebox Republic, but we kick off our broadcast today, as always, with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. And welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us now on our daily Facebook live stream, welcome. It's now Friday, February 19th. Otherwise, if you are listening to us via shortwave, it's now Monday, February 22nd. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me today in the studio, we've got Stash Butler. Hello. And Shirley Lynn. Hello. Up next, we'll be telling you how a possum wreaked havoc at a recent university entrance exam. <laughs> then Taiwan's stinky tofu is a polarizing dish as it is. But uh, could this new stinky tofu-based culinary monstrosity be a bridge too far? And the rediscovery of a 17th-century bilingual dictionary sheds light on the history of the Chinese language. All that coming up next. Please stick around. Well, while the rest of the world has people debating whether COVID means uh, postponing or even canceling university exams, in Taiwan, we have a very different problem. Possums. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it seems like animals really want to take part in these exams as well. I'm not really sure. Okay, so we have here a tiny possum creating chaos at the college entrance exam. And these are exams that took place, I think, in the last couple of weeks or right, so. Right. Um, these big, scary exams that uh, all the high school students need to take. She was penalized for bringing her pet sugar glider, or possum, to the exam venue and letting it loose. Was that deliberate? I mean, did it escape? It seems like, uh, I think they, this first sentence is somewhat misleading because it doesn't sound like it, it was an intentional thing. Well, um, did, it, did it hit her right in her pocket? I mean, I'm not... Unbeknownst to her? Or? Fair, I'm not really under, I don't really understand why she had to bring it to the venue in the a, first place. Maybe it's a good luck possum. Maybe. Oh, could be. Are, are possums good luck? I don't know, I don't but know. maybe this to possum her. has helped her with previous exams. Well, it, actually, <laughs> if, if it was intended to bring good luck, um, it, it really has failed in that respect. Um because it uh, because of this offense she was um deducted 3 points from her i think it was an english exam what um, um did the possum have incorrect grammar? Why? Why English specifically? I'm not, I'm not sure. Not oh no, no. I mean, overall? it was it was an English exam that I imagine was interrupted. Oh, oh, oh. So oh, sure. and that session. Was yeah, a- exactly. And so and so and in Taiwan, these grades are marked down to 15. So a three point reduction is huge. That's like a 20 percent kind of thing. I right? mean, Isn't did it really it? cause chaos? Like run into well, vents and eat yeah. I mean, they're saying that this, people's exam papers. This, or the just- tiny possum caused serious disorder in the exam venue and distracted students for nearly five minutes. Could you? I mean, it's, there's things. I've seen sugar gliders before. They have met pet shops here. They're tiny. You'd be, yeah. you'd be lucky to notice one. I think so. Well, I mean, apparently the the, the girl that did notice this, I, it doesn't doesn't sound like it, it was, was the owner. It was a different she um, was frightened student. Yeah. So it it climbed onto her neck. 
Um, oh, which so, wasn't expected. Well, I mean, I, I think, mean, you know, unexpected possums I climbing would freak onto out. you. It's, you know, it's probably a bit scary. Shirley would freak out. I would freak out. Are you, are you frightened of, I mean, of you know, animals like that? Probably. Yeah. You know, I'm, when I was little, I always wanted a dog or, a, you know, a puppy or yeah. a cat, but I never, a kitten, I never got them. And now I think um, having never been a pet owner, yeah. I'm afraid of animals. Really? <laughs> like, I don't know how to handle them if they kind of, you know, appear to unexpectedly. Fair, yeah. Any creature suddenly on your neck is That's alarming. True. I mean, I was, right, I, I, was, right? I was thinking about that. I mean, if you're not expecting it, it's, it's, it's not, it's it not comes nice. From behind. Being yeah. crawled on, generally, is not a in an unexpected feeling. way, no, it's not very good. Um, so this is apparently the first case of an animal interruption at an exam venue since, uh, since the CECC began administrating those tests in uh, in 1994 um, so before that it was all all no rules no all, rules anything well, goes yeah well, I don't that's what it seems <laughs> to suggest but, uh, but uh, yeah there have been a number of violations but most of them are a bit more kind of run of the mill um, 451 of them uh, related to students for, forgetting to bring their IDs which is something I didn't realise students had to do at exams here yeah um and 130 were related can to them. Can claiming, I just give you my mother's maiden name? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Can, let's say the pass, password. Um, and 130 related to people ten, failing to turn off their mobile phones, which oh. is, yeah, which is bad. So uh, there weren't more people looking at their mobile phones during. Yeah, I wonder if anyone were kind of caught That's cheating. No, no. Yeah, I mean, you hear about, you know, I know that in, in China you hear about these kind of elaborate ways in which people you know, endeavor to cheat in That's exams. That's a centuries-old thing, too. Like, yeah, Back in the days of the imperial exams, they used to have, like, underwear with stuff sewed into them. Oh, really? <laughs> like, so they, they, in case they forgot important passages. <laughs> well, there you go. Wow, I mean, to what extent? You they, so that's a very old thing in, in China. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe this possum was carrying some kind There's of information. A, I have a book, and it has a whole chapter about how people used to cheat on imperial Chinese exams. Really? <laughs> oh, Really? <laughs> That's great. very elaborate. Yeah, oh, so wow. so unfortunately for this uh, pet owner, this uh, possum didn't bring good luck. It lost her three points on her exam, and uh, yeah, and two people on the on the kind of the panel suggested making her letting her fail. They were so angry. I think this is I quite hard. Minor. You know, I thought she would. No, they would give her a fail. Really? I, so, I, I really thought that. And I mean, I can see why you like. I can see. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, is it her fault? Would, I mean, were, what I need to know is were, were the people at this venue aware of the possum? What if it's an emotional support yeah. possum? Yeah. Like on an airplane, you can get away with a lot of things if you just say it's an emotional support. <laughs> well, I feel I it mean, doesn't fly this in is Taiwan. My, this is my emotional support giraffe. <laughs> yeah. like, you have to let me, you have to let it on. Well, I mean, if you're not allowed uh, mobile phones in the exam classrooms, then I don't think, I mean, students know that you're not allowed to bring anything. Other than, but what if the rules don't, don't specify know. possums? <laughs> I feel like technically That's, she could she could like she could, sue them she's, or she's something. Got a case. What the student I mean, wish? Yeah, I feel like it's one of these things where it's not in the rules. It's, yeah, I know. But the teachers, when you're in school, you know, the, the rule of law doesn't apply. No, it's, it's <laughs> arbitrary. It's a dictatorship. It's arbitrary detention. Well, literally, how, how tiny is tiny? Uh, to a possum. They're kind of hamster let's, size. Let's look at okay. sugar glider. Well, so we like, get dimensions. Like about you know. Like when I cut my hands together, it's about a length. That it's size, sixteen right? centimeters long as an adult. So what is okay. that? It's about kind of that's kind of long. maybe the length of a, a length hand, of a but hand. Still, yeah. like very difficult to even notice if if it's being very quiet. Yeah. I don't know if they make noise. Or I not, wonder where she stored it as well. I wonder if it was. I mean, all I can think of as a pocket. Clearly and, and incorrectly. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully it wasn't in her pocket. Please stow oh. your. Please stow all sugar gliders. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the overhead <laughs> compartments. <laughs> Beware when standing it, up from it your. It may exam. have shifted. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got also um, some uh, hellos from Jendalari and mm. Prembar uh, Adhikari watching from Nepal. 
uh, yeah. Joshua Buendia, as ever, from the Philippines. Hello. Um, and uh, Douglas North wandering into our discussion on yeah. opossums and, uh, and, yeah, and being a bit bemused by the whole thing. Let situation. us know what the craziest thing you ever had or seen or heard of in an exam room yeah. was. We're very interesting to, interested to know. Yeah. Let's do a quick poll now. Stinky tofu, love it or hate it, or indifferent? Oh, love it. Love it. Oh no, I'm I, uh, I'm just uh. indifferent. I mean, it smells terrible, but it just it's it's fine to eat. I have I've never been blown away with it. So you yeah. eat like this? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just getting used to the smell of what what smells like dung when you're going it's through sewage. night markets. Yeah, it's sewage. Bad. It's an open sewer. It's it smells very bad. Um, it's okay, it's, fine. Anyway, um, so that's bad enough. I think a, a lot of people like it, but a lot of people don't. Um, I'm with you on that. I'm a bit indifferent, but I think indifferent people are definitely a very small minority. Mm. There's usually a one way or the other. I mean, we say I don't know if quite you, strongly. It's a it's, it's kind of marmite. We'd say in right. the UK. You, yes, you go, ah, Vegemite. It's yeah, very, that I don't like. <laughs> you well, there you go. You've fallen on one side. <laughs> okay. So, well, I think this new tofu, stinky tofu-based dish that's been invented by a restaurant in northern Taiwan will prove to be even more divisive. Um, we're talking about a strawberry stinky tofu dish. Strawberry. You heard that correctly. Strawberry oh. stinky tofu. Fresh I, strawberry or cooked oh, strawberry? <laughs> specifically, um, it says uh, sweet, big, round strawberries with cheese and condensed milk atop stinky, a bed of stinky tofu. Wait, sorry. So there are actual it's strawberries. There are actual it. strawberries on top of it. Uh, oh, okay. Fresh. With cheese and condensed milk. With, sorry, cheese as and well. condensed milk, and con- yes. So there's a quite a lot of dairy... I mean, I mean, it's somewhat, you know, we have strawberries and cream. Like, I, that's that's a nice thing. Strawberries and I cream and stinky tofu. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's really feeling revolted um, just thinking about it. Yeah. I would have tried um, stinky tofu with cheese, but with strawberries on top of that? No. No. Um, no. Well, as you can imagine, this was a dish invented to attract attention. Um, yeah. I, but I can it's popular. The um, owner is a, the restaurant is Hao Shi Wu, or I guess if you, were to, if you were to translate it literally, the Good Food Shack. It's a rest, the Good Food Hut. It's mm-hmm. a restaurant in Taoyuan. And um, the reason, oh, they also have strawberries with intestine noodles. Oh. Which is a sort of a, a, a thick cornstarch thickened. Yeah. Um, oh, no. With intestines and noodles, like the name su- suggests. Um. And uh, the inventor is the restaurant's owner, uh, whose name is Lin Xiaofen, who told Taiwan News that when the restaurant opened last year, it happened to be strawberry season, and she was looking for some highlights to attract visitors to her shop. Oh. And that's what uh, happened. I feel like a lot of, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this falls into that category, but I think in the age of the internet and the age of this kind of mass media thing, having something kind of that really makes your make your restaurant go viral in some sense is super important. Any news is good news. Is. Any, yeah. any publicity is good yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, this got took off on February 7th when a web user posted photos of this dish. I'm not sure which one, the intestines or the tofu, <laughs> to a an app that's popular, a messaging app popular among the kids these days called D-Card. It's, I'm too old for it. Yeah. Um, right. College kids. It says, any of you who are brave enough to try these, please let me know and I will update the locations of the hospitals nearby. <laughs> um, but the owner swears... 
that at least one customer commented that the stinky tofu was quote mind blowing. Mind blowing. Well, that could be good or bad. Yeah, though. that could be that could be a negative. It's like <laughs> I can't. It's mind blowing that you're allowed to sell this. <laughs> She said that the reason that she did the intestine noodles, which was a separate thing, yeah. was la- that came later, was because mm. one customer said he wanted to try it. And she's like, okay. <laughs> your your uh, funeral. However, yeah. however, she does has noted that the intestine noodle strawberries have not been as popular as the related tofu dish. Right. So, um, yeah. Um, people have a variety of views, as you would imagine, on this. But okay. one person replied... If pineapple can go with pizza, I don't see what's wrong with this. Which, I'm sorry, but pineapple cannot this, go with pizza. <laughs> there you go. That's your answer. I've rarely had food poisoning in my life. Pineapple with pizza was one of them. Really? Really? And I can't even... I feel gagging, like, even to think about it. Really? Oh, that's, I feel that's, that's quite that's unlucky. That think, was in yeah. Taiwan as well. Really? So, uh, yeah, don't eat street-side when, pineapple pizza. I mean, she's, so something she, else she's saying that, like, the... Um, the, the uh, that there was strawberry season. That's why the that's started where the idea this. came from. When does strawberry season end? When can we expect this to stop? In Taiwan, it's the winter time. It's, so yeah. It's like now. yeah. So we so it kind of it's goes a winter thing because it only goes for a month. We're mm. quite we have Not quite long. mild winters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whereas yeah. the rest of the year is too hot. Yeah, so. unfortunately. Um, well, you know what? I'm assuming that you know how we usually have stinky tofu with a side dish of um, these um, pickled cabbage. Yeah. So I guess or often you know like like. You use strawberries in place of the pickled cabbage, maybe. Um, like, you know, in between was... bites of the stinky tofu, you kind of refresh your breath or something. Uh, with I don't the strawberry. know. <laughs> but the strawberries are placed very neatly on top each piece slab of stinky tofu, one per slab. And oh, uh, oh, so they meant to be eaten together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't about know. That. I mean, I'm, um, just, I'm, I'm glad it's the, at least it's not kind of. I think the worst thing in the world is artificial strawberry like kind well, of taste. Which is kind of most common strawberry taste. Anyway, um, the owner says that she'll soon soon be releasing different types of more sensible stinky tofu dishes, sensible. such as those with scallops or shrimp on top, which I think are a much better match. Yeah, yes. those savory things they kind of all go together things. nicely. Yeah, right. A bit, bit more, a bit more traditional. Do, what do our listeners think of this? Any comments? Uh, we've got a comment from. Uh, uh, Jen Delari saying she's willing to try any food once, but I have the feeling this would be one that you'd only try once. I really <laughs> would advise against it. You would it. even you try. To... Yeah. That's, that's bolder than me. And Douglas North says he, right. he grew up eating pear salad, which is pear mayonnaise and grated cheese. That sounds okay, though. That's a, yeah. I, I actually, that sounds kind of French. Last night mayonnaise. I had some pear and cheese. I feel like pear and cheese pear is actually a, a, a fairly okay it's sort of a thing. On what kind of pear? Because, you know, the kind of um, the juicy kind of pear that yeah. they have here in Taiwan? They have the pear with, ones. They've got pear with ham. I've had it. Sort of a, I don't yeah. know if it's French or Italian. It's very European. I, I, I grew up eating... I think of the, you know, the... No, they're slices. You, yeah, yeah, slices. But but what do you call it? The kind of pear that you you find in the States. But, uh, I don't know. Um, they're like wanna... imported, the, the green ones, and they're kind of like shaped... Yeah, uh, pear-shaped. Like, pear-shaped, <laughs> pear-shaped, what might I say. <laughs> I think I know the ones Whereas you mean. Whereas Taiwan's pears are not like that. Taiwan's pears are round. Oh, yeah, Taiwan's pears juicy. are very strange looking. They're, that's, so, pear to, is to, a to misnomer. Not used to it. Pear is a misnomer. They don't look anything or taste anything like pears. <laughs> yeah, um, but... No. They're called pears, totally but they shouldn't different. be. I grew up with having totally pe- pizzas with um with pear and um, like uh, gorgonzola. That's, yeah, very like European. I feel like that might be Italian. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, but anyway, so Douglas... North, like we, we don't that's, think that's, that's too okay. That's I feel okay. like that's a very nice appetizer. Uh, we've also got some uh, greetings from uh, from East Java, from Setio Budiono, uh, Fahad Gabobe from, I think, I believe from Somaliland, yes, yeah, from Hargeisa, uh, Radhakrishna Pillai N uh, from India, and and then Hossein Abed Ali Abed from Bangladesh. So, wow, yeah. quite, a, quite a mix, international yeah, mix international today. international bunch. Right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> 
it's been sitting in archives for more than 300 years, and it's just been rediscovered. It's a 17th century uh, Chinese Spanish dictionary, apparently the earliest one recorded. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, type. And, uh, well, it has a lot to tell us about the history of both Chinese and Spanish. I know. Isn't this amazing? So, basically, it was discovered by the Spanish um, and Taiwanese scholar, uh, two guys, and they discovered the world's oldest and largest Spanish-Chinese language dictionary in the archives of the Philippines University of Santo Tomas. And um, Dr. Fabio uh, Yuzhong Li, that's our Taiwanese uh, scholar from the Taiwan National Team. Fabio, I just imagine like Fabio, Fabio, long flowing hair, yeah. shirtless. He of doesn't course. look like that. I'm looking at the no, picture. Yeah, no, Shirley, that, Shirley, not, shoulder. Not, not really. <laughs> um, so he's from Taiwan's National Tsinghua University, and then another doctor, a uh, uh, professor from the University of Seville in Spain. Discovered this 400-year-old dictionary, and I'm not going to say it in Spanish, but uh, can you say Spanish? Oh, I'll give it to John. John speaks oh. Spanish. <laughs> Hand anyway, it over. That's the Dictionario name right there. or something. Dictionario. Where is it? Down bottom paragraph. I think it's been cut off here. I don't oh, see no, it. No, 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 it isn't. It isn't. It's uh, right uh, uh, oh. oh, it's Latin. Dictionario Hispanico Sinicum. Ah, well, there you go. That's Latin. That's cheating. Okay, so that's Latin. Anyway, it was cataloged in the archives as Spanish Chinese vocabulary with Chinese characters. But you know what? The label, I mean, the dictionary was labeled as of little value. Oh, who did that? What a diss. Who yeah. did that? Mm. Throwing like, shade no. at the, oh, the dictionary. Shame on you. <laughs> and um, so then there's this doctor. Wait, did it have like a, like a sticky note on it? Like, <laughs> note of little, like a post-it yeah. note, like of little value. In the, yeah, <laughs> in the archives, you know, with a little Oh, and like the, with I guess, the, I don't know. Oh, like the card catalog type thing. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay. Right. So then there's this professor from a German university, though. The he plot thickens. That. But a German's entering the I picture. Know, yes. oh, entering. No. He said the dictionary is the most comprehensive collection of Hokkien lexical items. So it's not only just Mandarin, Chinese, and it's Spanish, not Mandarin. but it's also... No, no, no. It's instead of Mandarin, it's Hokkien, oh, which is the variety of Chinese which is spoken predominantly in Taiwan, also across, right, right directly across the strait in yep. southeast parts of southeastern right. China. Well, it says that it does include Mandarin terms and the Spanish equivalents, but it also includes Hokkien translations. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. Trilingual. Kind of tri- yeah, almost kind trilingual. Of trilingual. Um, so then historians are going to be able to find a wealth of information on the early history of the Spanish Chinese encounter in the Philippines. Right. Well, yeah. there's a large Chinese, Hokkien speaking Chinese community there too. In the Philippines, so. yeah. So it was apparently compiled and edited in the 17th century by Spanish Dominican missionaries in Manila, Philippines. Right. Mm. But there's a link with Taiwan, besides the fact that a Taiwanese professor was involved. Spain oh, right. at that time had a brief, short lived uh, colony <laughs> in the, what's now the city of Keelung. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then this dictionary is estimated to be at least 70 years older than the Kangxi Dictionary, which was commissioned by the Qing Dynasty Emperor Kangxi but that's and not was a, that's, published in 17. But that's only a monolingual dictionary. Yeah, it's not I bilingual. Know. So this, yeah, right. So who's of little value now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, exactly. historic that's so scholar. True. Anyway, so um, the, um, the, ar- the person who archived the thing, he said that, a historian, uh, Regalado Trota Jose connected the dictionary existence to the Spanish occupation of time, which lasted from 1626 to 1642. Mm. Yeah, they, they were here for a right. little while. And it, the dictionary has a Spanish sentence, which I don't know how to read, uh, um, which translates to, on the island of Hermosa, 
Hermosa. Oh, Hermosa, sorry. A land owned by the Spanish. Now, Hermosa is the Spanish word for Formosa. Formosa, Which is another Mm. name, old name for Taiwan. Which means beautiful in Portuguese. Which my grandfather, when I I speak to my grandfather, he still refers to Taiwan as Formosa. My my grandfather did as well. Really? Wow. Isn't this incredible? I think it's really amazing. Yeah. Something out of the archives. Yeah. It's always amazing to me how these uh, old libraries and archives have things that people still haven't found. Like, they're a finite space. Like, I guess they're just people who aren't looking through them. I think it's just they have huge collections. I think, you know, it's easy when you go to like a museum and stuff to be like, oh, that's there. But this is all the stuff they've worked through and like cataloged and they know. It's it's just nobody working on any of this stuff. I guess. I mean, I guess it's just such a big just a big thing big to do, yeah. And you'd waste so much time going through useless, useless a, rubbish. Of little value. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, until you turn up something like this. But no, well, you're right, yeah. I mean, if it's a little value, you can probably auction it off to some collector. I mean, some... it's like, for example, I think they found uh, a, f- a few years ago, I think it was in the University of Birmingham, they found um, parts of, like, the oldest Quran ever discovered. Like, you know, and this is like this historic thing because it could have pushed the early date of the Quran you know, back right. a kind of 50 or 100 years. But it was just sitting in a university library and someone just, you know, the same kind of thing, this object of like... Little label. Yeah, little probably, value. probably some, there's someone going around. And there's this one person going around in the university library. They just don't want to be... They don't want to be bothered to have to look through it all. Yeah, like, little, uh, value, little, little value, value. Little oh, value. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip it, it, skip it. it. Yeah, someone yeah. just... Some over, overzealous sort of labeling you know, going I wonder on. if this dictionary can make its way to Taiwan. That would be great. Yeah, it would be a big battle. I mean, here. It, it would have been useful to the, the missionaries of the same order. I believe were here for a while. You said Dominicans, right? Yeah, yeah Dominicans. Dominicans. Yeah, they were involved in converting the, the indigenous people of this part of Taiwan. So yeah, it didn't wow. work out. Uh, the Dutch came and kicked them out. Yeah. But, um, okay. They tried. Uh, actually, they. I did an interview with the scholar of this period who said that actually they stopped funding the whole thing too. So. They oh. were left with like a little tiny pea shooter against a big Dutch army. So yeah, really... run away, run away. It's the best thing. Uh, so that was abandoned. Anyway, uh, it is an interesting historical footnote, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Do we have any uh, more comments? Yeah, Jen Delari is saying that uh, spoken Latin, well, you're, you're you delivering that Latin there sounded yeah. just like Spanish. And she, really? yeah. she can understand it perfectly. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you look at Latin... Even as an English speaker, it's it's you know quite familiar because a lot of the and words. And she says you still have some maps that say Formosa. Really? Yeah. How old are these maps, Jendalari? Where are you getting these things? I know, really. <laughs> All right. We have one more story before we go. This is about an enviable office. Oh. An office with a view. <laughs> I know. Well, um, I guess uh, as I speak, uh, Stash would give you the link to um, this story yeah. here. Um, but, it's very um, visual, so click on it and check it, it out. Is. And yeah. the photo. Well, if I can, um, that apparently is our weather station All right, I'll at 3,000... Um, what is it now? 3,858 meters, um, um, you know, above sea level. And it's the highest in Northeast Asia. We're talking about Jade Mountain, or mm-hmm. also known as Yusan. So apparently they have this, like, uh, you know, this huge window from ceiling to the floor, 
overlooking the Jade Mountain. Um, if only you can see this it picture is incredible in view. color. Uh, if, yeah, our radio listeners are sadly, we're going to describe <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, this for is you. great for so, a video it's a, format. It's a panorama. It's, it shows two desk chairs sitting next to a coffee machine. And in the background, <laughs> there's a stunning vista of the highest mountain of Taiwan in, in beautiful kind of know. light blue and gray. And mm. you can't really tell that there is snow on the mountaintop, but there is snow right, right outside the window. Yeah, on the, on, the, so, on the treetops. So can you imagine working? I mean, I, I can't work. I can, I'll just be like gazing <laughs> at that, you know, and I don't know. But the thing is that it's not going to be for me because I'm afraid of the cold. Oh, that yeah. would be a job. I, I, can do I would it, trade. I, would I really could live with that. Because I think. Trade, right? Yeah, we're getting there would be just, quite difficult yeah. every every morning. Well, it's quite a commute. I mean, but think about what our window looks over now. The noisiest playground in the world. Oh, yeah. The, the yes. kids playing tennis. But we get, Next we've got the, the Taipei 101 in the, in the, in the no, distance. Oh, we do. Can't distance. complain. Yeah. No. All right. Well, that's about it for us today on Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Stash Butler. Thanks so much to everyone who who tuned in on our Facebook live stream and left a comment. We love you guys. And if you're tuning in right now on Shortwave, don't go anywhere just yet because it's more of Shirley with Jukebox Republic. Just tuned into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. We just ended the Lunar New Year holidays. Um, it kind of just came and left. Well, I wouldn't say it left in a flash because we had seven days of it, which was actually two days shorter than nine days that we used to have. I think the year last year and the year before that too. Anyway, can't complain. But the first day. Um, of the Lunar New Year holiday this year started on February 10th except that our family trip uh, began on the 9th because my nurse doctor uh, doctor right my nurse daughter had four days off from the 9th to the 12th and we took advantage of it by um, going to Ilan for two days and one night um, it was kind of a last moment thing so um you know, we just made the booking like the week before the holidays. That's kind of late. And that's why we didn't get any bookings at any hotels or, or you know, bed and breakfast places in the area where most of the buzz is going on, like shops and restaurants. Still, it was a nice, short, very relaxed getaway for our family, which included our son-in-law. So this song is by Wawa, one of my best friends. Today, I just want to take a break. A vacation.
更加天真。好想和你去流浪，再苦再美我也心甘。成长中的遗憾，经不退的惆怅，冲动过，任性过，才会释然。So that was Wawa with the song. Today, just want to take a day off. I just want to take the day off today. You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm talking about where we went、uh, for the Lunar New Year holidays, which we had for seven days, but、uh, we took a two-day, one-night off. Uh, to somewhere in Yilan,、um, only because my daughter, the one who's a nurse,、uh, got four days off, and so we took advantage of that.、Uh, we went to Yilan, which is probably the most convenient place to go. You know, to get out of the city, it's like less than an hour drive away. I mean, if we were to take the Xuesan Tunnel, right? It's the tunnel that kind of cuts the time by half. No, well, maybe by a third or something like that. Anyway, it's a very—it's probably the longest tunnel that we have in Taiwan. It takes about eleven minutes to go through the tunnel from one end to the other, but it gets you to Yilan right away. Anyway, so any type of person who wants to get away from the city for a weekend, that's the place to go. It's so convenient. So we went there. Now the place that we stayed at um, uh, was. Uh, Had a weird name, and it's kind of hard to pronounce. I'm not even quite sure how to say it. Alize Villa, like A L E E Z Villa. But、uh, like I said, it's not in the middle of、uh, the most busy part of Yilan, where most tourists go to. It's more like about something like 30 minute drive away from the center of、uh, you know from yeah the busy part of Yilan, and so it was like in the middle of nowhere, like. What I mean by that is like there were no convenience stores nearby or any restaurants, but the building itself is really kind of nice. It's a, a grandiose-looking building, looking like a small white palace with these standing columns at the entrance. But it's the bedrooms that have like a five-star hotel look and facility that got me so pleased with this place.、Um, we were the only people there. At the whole building, I don't know how many rooms they have. Maybe let me count: one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven. And we took two rooms, and we were like the only people in、uh, that B and B, that villa,、uh, for the two days and one night. But、um, you can tell that the owner really meticulously took some real effort to decorate the place on the inside. Well, the outside is nice too.、Uh, on the inside, I think. 
you know, I'm really not very good with architecture, but I would say it's Victorian style decor, you know, especially with the furniture and the paintings on the walls. But it's kind of funny because we also found, you know, Woody and Buzz Lightyear, you know, those dolls from Disney animation Toy Story in a hidden nook. I mean, you think the owner probably likes them a lot, but he knows that or she knows that they don't go with the Victorian decor. So, you know, it just, they, took, uh, they, they just stuck right there behind this wooden staircase that we have to walk. It's a nice polished wooden staircase, but you have to walk up the stairs to go to your room. And, and we saw them there, you know. Anyway, so that was very nice. I really like that place, that villa. Um, here's a song called Yong Xin Liang Ku. It means that you put all your heart into it. And you can tell that the owner of the villa put all his heart into it or all her heart into it. And this song is by Zhang Yu.
Now we started off with Yilan at about 10 a.m. from Taipei City. Uh, we went to have lunch at the busy part of Yilan since after checking into the you know the villa, we would be in the middle of nowhere, so we wouldn't have not anything to do except to stay indoors. So we even went back to the place we went to last time about six months ago. If you remember me, how um, we took a vacation, a three-day, two-night vacation in Ilan, but then it turned into a seven-day uh, thing, trip for my husband and I, for Big John and I, because how we went with my daughter's in-laws and they really want to go down, way down south to Pingdong to visit their other son. So we decided the last moment to join them. Yeah, so that was the last time we were in Yilan and we actually went back to the place where we got these really nice juicy um, meat buns. So we went there and got some of that. It was like my son's, uh, my son-in-law's favorite. Um and uh, also, we went to this dessert place that we wanted to go last time, but didn't because there was a huge line. Well, we didn't go again this time because there was a huge line again. But that was only because stupid us. We actually um, went early and realized that the place wasn't open till 1 p.m. So we decided to have lunch at this restaurant literally next door to it. But uh, stupid us, we didn't think about, you know, like going out there, getting in line like early, like way, way before one o'clock. So when we went over at one o'clock, there was already a long line in front of this dessert place. So we missed it again. Anyway, to my nurse daughter's disappointment, she just loves desserts. And this one offers some sweet dessert in a bowl with small chewy mochi balls, I think, with sesame fillings in them, I think. Um, say I'd say it's more like Japanese style, you know, mochi, mo, uh, mochi uh, ball dessert, mochi balls. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. So we uh, ended up going to the same dessert place that we ended up going last time. Only this time we ordered hot desserts from this place because uh, the last time we went, it was right kind of like around summer. Or it was still hot, so we had like shaved ice, and I think they're best for that. So they, these hot dessert uh, that we got this time was all right. They weren't great. Anyway, back at the Villar, they had afternoon tea for us with these three-tier dessert platter of goodies, which were actually good. 
um, to go with our teas and coffees. There was tiramisu, which I'm usually not fond of, but surprisingly, it was good. There was fruit of cherry tomatoes and guava slices. And then these coffee jello, which was also pretty good with cream to go with it. So we were so full. We decided we weren't going to go to dinner until like 8 p.m. So in between time, my kids had brought like boxes of playing cards because they wanted to play nerds. Do you know that game, nerds? And they had me play with them, which was a great passing passing time. I was the slowest. I never had to call nerds, but uh, it was fun. Then we asked a Villar staff, which was just one person at the time, for a for a recommendation of a restaurant to go to. And uh, so we hopped in our car and drove to a restaurant that's called a, a Caribbean decor on the outside and, and the inside. And these waiters and waitresses, they were wearing this uniform with hats looking like cowboy hats. Anyway, uh, the restaurant served all kinds of cuisine. So Big John, my husband, had Taiwanese hot pot, uh, individual hot pot. I had risotto. And then we also, my kids, you know, they ordered like a couple of spaghettis and, and the drinks were good too. So um, we had a good time. Then we headed back to the villa and that was the first day. And here's a song, Fang Song Ziji. We were really there to just relax. The song is by Zhan Yun.
Next day, we had a good breakfast, and then um, my daughter from Shanghai wanted to see the sea, the ocean, and she misses the ocean. And so um, the, the the weather turned out to be really nice and sunny in the morning, but then in the afternoon, it started raining and it was cloudy. But still, we had a nice, you know, board, uh, walk and up walk up and down the boardwalk by the beach. So that was pretty nice. Actually, before that, we went to a place with. All kinds of dessert with a, that's Japanese green tea based, and uh, because each one of us had to order something, so uh, we got six different green tea based desserts. You should have seen us; we were stuffing our face and we were taking tons of pictures. Oh yeah, did I say that my son-in-law was with us? Yes, so he was there. That that made us six of us. So anyway, great day, great time, short but nice trip. Two days and one night in Ilan again. Thank you so much for joining me in Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. And this last song, Hui Jia. So the next day, we headed home, back to Taipei. This song is by Wu Qianlian.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.